Hi, thank you. Thank you for that, that welcome. It's always good. It's always good to be with you. Particular welcome to, to you guys who are joining us online. Why don't you join with me? Let's welcome the guys in Cafe Church, guys in Leicester, guys online. Great to be with you. And welcome here to part three of this series looking at the subject of breakthrough. And I, I hope you, I mean, if you're new here, then really hope you're going to enjoy our time together. Those of you who've been around for the last two weeks, I hope you're enjoying the thought that right now there's somebody praying for you somewhere in one of our four cities. Isn't that wonderful? I, I keep thinking during the day or even in the evening or wake up in the morning and think, oh, someone somewhere in one of our four cities is praying for me right now. Isn't that wonderful? Now, I, I, I was having a chat with my wife just before I, I came out. We were reflecting on how, how already for us, God is starting to do some amazing things. This is for us personally. So just in the first couple of weeks of this season, we've seen two significant breakthroughs. We've had a healing in our family with someone we've been praying for for about 14 months. That was released on Friday. Um, and then also a relational challenge that we've been praying for an extended family, probably for eight years. Just God did something miraculous on Tuesday this week, and it's been an incredible breakthrough. God is at work. Now, he hasn't finished yet. That's the good news. And you may be thinking, I've not got my breakthrough yet. Well, I haven't got all mine yet. There's more to come in Jesus' name. But my prayer for all of us today, wherever you are, is that almost like God will pour oil onto the fire of your heart. That if your heart's a little bit dim at the moment, you're like, what's this all about? That oil will come on that, fire will burn, faith will rise. Or if you're already going for it, that you'll leave wherever you are, full of energy, full of life and expectant for God to speak to you. Now, I want to talk today about the subject of words that bring breakthrough or words of breakthrough. Now, I would imagine if you look at kind of all the words that you've heard over the last few weeks and months, you've read or you've heard, they'll kind of fall into different categories. There's probably, if you're anything like my life, a whole bunch that's very insignificant and largely pointless, some that's fun, some that's interesting, and some that are incredibly significant. Words that actually have influenced you maybe influence other people and have the power to change circumstances. Now, when, when I think about words that bring breakthrough or words that change, I think of some famous people doing famous speeches. One of my, my favorite speakers is a guy called Winston Churchill. Anyone heard of Winston Churchill? Three or four of you, wonderful. Um, he, as a, an ex-history teacher, I used to love listening to some, literally listening to some of his speeches. I'm going to read to you an extract of one here that some of you will know familiarly. You'll know it well. Um, so ju just put up with my attempt at a Churchillian accent. He said something like this. In the midst of World War II, remember, here was a nation almost on its knees, facing all kinds of opposition. You may feel like that today. These were some of his words. He said, we will fight them. On the beaches, we shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills and we shall never surrender. Oh, thank you very much. Very kind. Thank you. Just with a hint of Yorkshire in there, maybe. Um, but when I hear words like that, they stir something in me and they have the, the capacity to bring change and a breakthrough. 
But here's the thing I, I want to say to you today. I'm not talking today. We're not looking today at the words of Churchill. We're looking at the words of God. Do you know, when God speaks to us and into our circumstances, his words are able to do even more than the words of someone like Churchill can do. Those of you who have been tracking with us over the last two weeks, you'll know as we look at this series that the context is the people of Judah and Jerusalem are facing an incredible clear and present danger. They're about to be overwhelmed apparently by an innumerable force coming against them. As we saw two weeks ago, the response their leader is to go to God in prayer, in fasting, and as we saw last week, for the whole nation to gather and to start to pray. Now, they pray... Then there's silence, and then God speaks into that silence. And this is the passage we're going to look at today. This, This is what it says in 2 Chronicles 20. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite, who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up to the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Now you track this story. This is the turnaround moment for the people of Judah. This is the point where they go from fear and intimidation to a place of courage, to a place of clarity, to a place of uh, clear about what they've got to go and do next, and then a place of obedience, and everything turns around. When God speaks and we step out in faith and obedience to him, anything can happen. Now today, right at the heart of what I want to share with you today is the kind of, the nub of it is that God is a living, breathing God who wants to speak to people like you and me. Now I don't know about to you, I find it amazing, even the thought that our creator, the one who knows everything and can do anything, knows your and my circumstances and he wants to speak right into the heart of them. Now, if you're new to that idea, you may think, man, that sounds like a kind of weird idea. Now, it's very clear from the Bible, God doesn't normally speak in an audible voice. I'm not talking about that, although he can, and he can speak in many ways. But as we see in this passage, primarily, God will speak to people like you and me by his spirit and often through his word. If you look at that passage we just read there, Jehaziel is declaring promises already given to the people of Judah, but there's the power of the Holy Spirit has come on those words to make them real for today. That's how God speaks. How does he speak? There's what the Bible calls the witness. Something on the inside. You just know that you know that God, the creator, has spoken to you. Now, what I want to look at here, I want to give you three encouragements that I hope they're going to kind of add fire into the, the prayer and the fasting and the blessing over these next two weeks. And if, if you've missed this, it's, I've got good news for you. It's not too late to join in. You can start praying. You can start fasting. And this includes everybody. So three encouragements. Here we go. Number one, when God speaks, 
strength comes. When God speaks, strength comes. Now what we see here is that when God speaks, it's not like just a few nice words. God does incredible things through his voice. Listen to this promise from Isaiah. This is God speaking. He says, The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. That's the context. It is the same with my word. In other words, when God speaks, however he does it, this is the same. I send it out. It's coming from God. And it always, say always. It always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. I love that promise. What, what's God's promise? He's saying that when he speaks, however he speaks, these are not just nice words. This is God speaking and it comes with an impartation to deliver what God has said. So, so when you look here at Jehoshaphat, here he is afraid. God speaks. He becomes courageous, clear and decisive. But that's because... God's word brings an impartation of strength and courage. It's not just nice words, it's a release. As it says in Isaiah there, it produces fruit. Do you know, every single word that you've ever read from God or heard from God will always come with the power to deliver on what he said. He has never once spoken an empty word to you. His word always comes with power. Now, Think of your situation. What, what is it that you are seeking for breakthrough in? Maybe it's a, a big obstacle. Maybe it's an opportunity. Maybe it's just a sense of God has got more for me. Think of what that is right now. And let me, let me ask you a question. What do you need from God to see the breakthrough in that situation? Now, I don't know, but I know someone who does. What, what I love here is that God speaks to Jehoshaphat by name. Do you know, God wants to speak to you by name. He wants to speak not only the general promises of God, but he wants to bring them to pass in your circumstances. I believe in this season, he wants to release whatever it is that you need to bring your breakthrough to pass. Now, maybe you're like Jehoshaphat. Maybe you need to receive that word that he had from God. Be strong, be courageous. I believe there are some of you here today, wherever you are, that's God's word to you today. Be courageous in the midst of your battle. And today, my prayer for you is may the Holy Spirit come, may he strengthen you, and may you, you leave this meeting having encountered the one who lifts off fear and brings courage like no other can. Now, here's the thing. You know, God is able to speak anytime. And I believe he's actually speaking more than we're aware I heard a great speaker, a guy called Mike Pilavacci, once say, the only need that you have to be able to hear God is to, because he's the good shepherd, all that you need to be, the only qualification is you need to be a sheep. Anybody a sheep? Okay, if you're a sheep, you're qualified to hear the voice of the king. I think for us, the bigger issue is not is God speaking, but are we listening? Certainly for me, it's have I tuned myself in to the God who is speaking and wants to speak right into my circumstances and my situation. Because you know, the voice of God doesn't normally come with a loud hailer like Morgan Freeman declaring it and with it written in the clouds. It doesn't normally speak like that. It comes in a voice you recognize. For me, God is a Yorkshireman. 
That's how I hear his voice. And it sounds very similar to my own voice. It'll be the same for you. Okay, it might not be as rich as a Yorkshireman's voice, but just put up with that. That's how he speaks, just normally into our hearts. And he's speaking most of the time. It's just a question, are we listening? And I find that I have to try and create a habit in my life of listening and looking for the voice of God in everyday life. When my children were little, I have two, they're now grown-up children. When they were little, sometimes I would, I would love to spend time with them while they were doing stuff. Okay, those of you parents will know, there are times just to sit with your kids, they're playing, you're kind of talking to them, there's a bit of interaction going on, it's good. But there are other times when your children want your attention. For my daughter, what she would do, if she really wanted my attention, she went to about three or four, she'd crawl up on my lap, she'd kind of sit on my chest, she'd put a little pudgy hands around my face, she'd lean her forehead against mine, she'd look in my eyes, and she'd go, Daddy, are you listening? <laughs> quite, quite intimidating, actually, for a four-year-old. But what was she doing? She was saying, Father, I want your attention. I've got something to tell you. And I want to know that you're listening. Do you know, there are times when if we really want to hear God speak, we need to still everything and give him our full attention. Now, please hear this. God is never distracted. Okay, he's never too busy. He wants to give you his full attention and he gives you his full attention all of the time. You know, just think of these people here. When you read this passage, it starts with the word then. What, what was happening when then happened? Then was, they've just prayed, God, our eyes are on you, we don't know what to do. They'd still their internal voices. Then about you, I find internal voices can stop me hearing the voice of God. Voices of fear, voices of insecurity. External voices can stop me hearing the voice of God. And I have to position myself to say, God, I want to hear from you. Now, one of the things I've done for many years the primary way God speaks to me is through the Bible, both when we're in gatherings like this, but also on my own. But I find I have to still myself. I have to say to myself, and you, you might want to do this right now, God is here. You know, one of his names is Emmanuel. God is here. I don't have to ask him for his presence. He's here. And he's the living, speaking God. And, and I, I often, I'll say to myself in my kitchen on my own, God is here. He who fills eternity, who knows everything and can do anything, is right in front of me now. He's on my left, he's on my right. In fact, he's come to live in me. And you know, he, he's with you too. He is always present. Maybe I want to encourage you when you come to gatherings, when you're in life group, don't just kind of just rush into stuff. Take a moment to still yourself and say, God, I'm here to listen to you. Wouldn't it be awful to go through the next two weeks and miss stuff that God wants to say to us? Because he's speaking, but we too, our ears are too full of what's going on. You know, that's partly why we're fasting. How many of you love fasting? Neither do I. <laughs> I don't like being hungry. I don't like the pain that comes with it. But I tell you what I do like. What fasting does is it makes me sensitive to the voice of God. There is something about fasting that makes the internal voices shut up once the stomach shut up so that I can actually hear him. Can I encourage you, even if you haven't started, 
Why not start these next two weeks? Do some fasting. Those of you still in it, be increasingly expectant that God, as you still yourself, as you position yourself, He is going to speak to you. And as He speaks to you, He's going to release everything that you need, grace and strength and wisdom. There's, There's the first encouragement. When God speaks, encouragement and strength comes. Number two, when God speaks, perspective comes. When God speaks, perspective comes. I believe one of the critical things that God does here for the people of Judah and Jerusalem, and he wants to do the same for us, is to give us his perspective on the situations that we're facing where we're seeking breakthrough. Now, let me ask you, just think of your breakthrough situation. Uh, Imagine that my right hand here represents the obstacles that are against you, the challenges, all the opportunity, might be the size of an opportunity, represents that. And let's say my left hand here represents you. Now, right now, I wonder what your perspective is. Okay, do you see yourself under circumstances? This is intimidating you. There's a sense that this is going to determine what happens. Do you see yourself alongside your opposition, where there's like a stalemate, equal in power, equal in position, but it doesn't seem to be able to be a breakthrough? Or do you see yourself here? You're above your circumstances, you're looking down on them and you can see ahead of them and actually you realise that you're in a position looking and expectant for breakthrough. Because if you look at the circumstances here, if we'd asked Jehoshaphat at the start of this story, where do you see yourself? He'd have gone, I'm here. These circumstances are intimidating me. I'm afraid of what's coming. But then God speaks to him. And he speaks to his perspective. Listen, I love these words. Take these words to you now. These are God's words to us, I believe, today. God says to to Jehoshaphat, he says, Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord, Yahweh, the creator of heaven and earth, He will be with you. What an incredible promise. What God is saying is, this is my perspective. I see it from above the circumstances. And really what God is saying here, I think there's two things he's saying to them. First of all, know who I am. I am the Lord. And if I am with you, who can be against you? And then he's saying, know who you are. Know who I have made you to be. You're a people with a destiny, people with a purpose, people on whose side I am, and I want to bring you past this enemy and bring you into your place of freedom. Let me ask you, okay? Think about your perspective. Let's think right now. How does God see your situation right now? Listen to these wonderful words from Ephesians. This this is where Jesus is right now says that he is, in Ephesians 1, verse 21, it says, Jesus is far above. Where is he? Far above, not a little bit. He's far above your circumstances. He's far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or obstacle or sickness or difficulty or lack. He's far above them. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over how many things? All things. That includes your circumstances. That includes my circumstances. For the benefit of who? 
The church, come on. Where is Jesus right now? He's seated in total authority. Where does the Bible say you are if you're a Christian? You are seated in Christ. So God is saying, lift your eyes and see what I can see. See who I am and who I have made you to be. Now here's the thing. When, when God lifts our eyes so we can see our circumstances as he sees them, there's a number of things that happen. Lifted up, you can look back. You look back to the cross and the resurrection. How many of you know that Jesus didn't stay dead? That right now he's the risen one and his last words before he died were, it is finished. What did he mean? He meant everything that you need has been paid for. We don't fight for victory, we fight from victory. Jesus is the risen king. He's ascended. He's ascended to the right hand of the Father and he's far above. But then there's more. You can see your circumstances from how God sees it because God sees beyond them to your breakthrough. God wants to lift, I believe for all of us, God wants to lift up our perspective where we're not even looking on side, we're above and we're going, God, I can see what you're going to do. That's amazing. I can see there is a time past the situation that I'm in right now and what's more, you are able to bring me into that. Come on. And you can see into eternity. <laughs> How many of you know we get to win? Even, th- th- this is so important. Even if your circumstances don't change, and I can't guarantee they will, you get to win because we've seen the end goal. One day, the king is coming. Death will be ended. The devil removed completely. No more sin, no more sickness, no more tears. That's your destiny. And you know what? You can know it now as much as something that's lying in the future. Uh, Martin Luther King, that great American leader of the civil rights movement, was a guy who needed some breakthroughs, who faced incredible opposition. But he was also a man who knew Jesus. And and he spoke many times about how it was God's grace that helped him maintain his determination in the battle to see the breakthrough. I just want to read to you a little bit from one of his his last uh, talks, public speeches. And I'd encourage you, if you want encouragement, go online and listen to this, because I'm not going to attempt an American accent, that's for sure. Um, Listen to this, he said this. This is what it means to get perspective. He said, we've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop and I don't mind. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up the mountain. In other words, I'm seeing from God's perspective and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that was in the middle of a death threat. I want you to know tonight that we as a people, we will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Come on. That, that's what it means to see circumstances from God's perspective. So I, I want to encourage you in these next couple of weeks. In fact, I encourage you to make it a daily habit. Learn to see your circumstances, how God sees them. One of the primary ways of doing that is get hold of promises that are in the Bible. I've put a few of my favorites uh, on your, your sermon notes. 
Get, get hold of them. Get them in your system. I want to tell you, they are like turbocharged weapons that you get them in your system and you'll go out into each day going, right, circumstances, watch out because I'm not under you anymore. I'm above you. I'm coming after you in Jesus' name. And they'll give you strength for the battle. And I want to say, I want to, say to each of us, let's ask God in this season, God, open my eyes that I may see things as you see them. And then pray from that place. <laughs> you know, if you haven't signed up for 24-7 prayer yet, can I encourage you, especially in that week when Peterborough's finished and Cambridge, Leicester and London haven't finished, can I encourage you, sign up for one of those slots. Come and pray for London. Come and pray for Leicester. Come and pray for Cambridge, for Breakthrough. But when you're praying, pray from an exalted position. See yourself over those cities declaring, commanding things to get out of the way, commanding healing to come, commanding salvation to come. Use the authority that the Father has given you in Christ. Oh, I'm a bit excited about this. Apologies. Number three. So when God speaks, strength comes. When God speaks, perspective comes. Number three. When God speaks, position yourself for the breakthrough. Do you know, when God speaks, I believe there is always an invitation to breakthrough, to another level of learning what it means to live in the good things that Jesus has made available to us. But here's, this is really important. There are two parts to that breakthrough. There's God's part and there's our part. There are things that only He can do, only He can heal, only he can break the work of the enemy. Only he can release supernatural provision and he'll do it. The question is, will we do our part? Look, look here, I love this. Even though God's word to them was the battle does not belong to the Lord, there was still stuff God had for them to do. Remember, he'd said to them, go out tomorrow and be ready to confront your, your foes. Listen to their response. Verse 20 says, early. I love that. Look at this. This is quick immediate obedience. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And then catch this, a few verses later. So they set out. Then it says, at the very moment. That's a very important phrase. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting themselves. When does, when does the actual breakthrough come? It doesn't come the moment God speaks and gives direction. It comes the moment that they've stepped out in obedience and faith to what God had called them to. That's when the breakthrough comes. So often God calls us to, to obedience and he says that's going to come when you step out. Do you know, sometimes what God is saying to us for breakthrough is stay where you are. Because sometimes the breakthrough is not about our circumstances, it's about a breakthrough on the inside. I actually believe this is God's word to some of you today, is stay where you are, receive what God has for you and learn to endure in the season you're in. I, I can think of at least two times, there are more, but at least twice in my life when I was in everything to get out of what God had called me into. How many of you know sometimes God steps into something new and it's not, it's not easy? When I first started teaching, and I knew God had called me to it, I, I, I used to pray every Sunday night, Jesus, second coming tonight. Please don't make me go in there tomorrow for those teenagers to come and eat me up. And I would have done almost anything to get a different job. But God kept saying to me, stay there, stay there, stay there, stay there. I'm really glad I did. Because he taught me 
There were internal breakthroughs that only come when you endure in the situation. 20 years later, I left teaching. I was called to become a paid pastor. Do you know what I wanted to do in the first few months of pastoring? I wanted to go back to teaching. <laughs> I was quite good at teaching. I became pretty good at it. I knew what I was doing. Now I'm pastoring and I haven't got a clue. Anyone ever felt inadequate? Anyone ever felt like, God, get me out of here. There must be a better way of doing life. It's possible. God is saying, stay where you are. I have an internal lesson to teach you. And you will only learn it if you stay in this season. Not because he's a nasty, evil God who wants to make you suffer, but because he's got breakthrough through you. He wants to bring you to a place of peace and confidence and security in your circumstances now so then you can thrive in a new situation in the future. At other times, the word of the Lord to us is move. Maybe God will speak to your word during this, these next few weeks that is requiring a move. Please, please hear this as a word of wisdom. The bigger the move that you think God is asking you to make, the more you need to talk to other people. Okay, when I was thinking in those first few months of, of pastoring, of getting out of pastoring, I actually seriously thought about going back to teaching. I spoke with my brother on the phone, who's a Christian, and uh, he rang me a couple of weeks later. And he said, I've had three dreams about you. Okay, my brother, he's not a dreamer. He's a true blood Yorkshireman. And he said, God's got a word for you. Stay where you are. I am so grateful that I had people around me who were able to discern God's voice and say, you're hearing wrong, stay where you are. And at other times, it's confirming, yes, it is time to move. Never make a big move unless other people have helped confirm what you're hearing. The Lord of the breakthrough is the Lord of the breakthrough. And what we see in this passage here is that when you play your part, and God plays his part, which he always will, extraordinary things can happen. Now, I don't know if you're anything like me. When I was teaching, I was a secondary school teacher. I used to think at times, wow, God is really good at prayer. He's really good at church and worship, but he doesn't know much about teaching. I've got to do that on my own. And it took me a long time to learn God's really good at teaching. In fact, he's the best teacher there's ever been. And I've got a lot to learn from him. Think about those of you in the workplace. God is really good at what you do. Here's a miracle. He's better at it than you are. What, what, one of our Cambridge ladies, she gave me a wonderful testimony. Uh, now, she works in scientific research, uh, particularly in genetic stuff, which if I'm honest, I haven't got a clue what she's talking about, but it's really complicated. The company that she's working for were trying to work out a particular genetic thing, and nobody could find a breakthrough with it. She came to a touching heaven in Cambridge. There was a word from the front that the Lord wants to give you words of knowledge. She took that. She went home. She prayed that night. And she felt God say to her, there's a narrow bit here I want you to go and look at again. She goes back to work. In her testimony, she says, um, I formed a theory. Here's her part. I formed a theory. I designed a plan. The project worked and now is up for protection in law. Now she finishes off by saying, it's very humbly person, humbling personally because many people have tried to figure out this problem in this company and in the scientific community and myself in my first attempt where it failed. But it worked this time around because the answer came from God. 
Isn't God amazing? He knows how to do genetics. He knows how to do your place of work better than you do. Maybe you're stuck right now. Maybe you're a businessman or woman or a teacher or whatever it is and you feel like you've got an intractable problem. I believe God wants to speak to you in these next few weeks and say, this is how to deal with it. Now, he will almost certainly give you things that you need to do. Because the breakthrough comes as we are, we are obedient. You know, wouldn't it be, I've often thought, God, wouldn't it be great if you did the breakthrough and then I did my bit? You know, I win the lottery and then I start tithing. Um, or all my problems go and then I receive peace. But it's not that way. God gives a promise. He says, trust me, I'll do my bit. Now you do your bit and I will come through for you. Do you know, some of you here, you would get the breakthrough in your life by simply obeying the Word of God. And I actually believe there are some of you in the sound of my voice who you know what God has been saying to you. You've been resisting it, but the breakthrough will only come when you step into what God has spoken to you. He's a good father. He wants good, good things for you. And here's the promise. Let's listen to 2 Chronicles 20 verse 20 says this. This is wonderful. Just as the people of Judah are going out to face their foe, Jehoshaphat says this. He says, listen, Judah and Jerusalem. I think God's saying, listen, people of Kingsgate. Listen to what I have to say. Believe firmly in God, your God, and your lives will be firm. Believe in your prophets and you'll come out on top. Now, here's the end of the story. Those of you who read, you already know. Here's the end of the story. Oh, it's amazing. They take their position. They see their enemies in front of them who all start, they turn and they start fighting each other. Okay, it's like being a secondary school teacher on duty in playtime. To the point where they all kill each other. And then the people of Judah, having not had to fight anything, they've just watched what's happening. They go and it takes them three days to pick up all the good stuff that's been left over. Now, how many agree that's a breakthrough? That's a turnaround. And that's what happened when God's people take his promises, take the things he's said, say, God, I trust you. I'm going to step out in obedience on what you've called me to do. He always comes through and he is able and he is willing to do far more than all that we can ask or think or even imagine. Last thing I want to say to you as I kind of finish this message now. I, I, I really felt God say, there's something right at the end. I want you to catch this. Wherever you are, that what you see here for the people of Judah and Jerusalem is they get a breakthrough. How many of you want a personal breakthrough? Yeah, me too. And I'm praying for more. But actually what happens here is that breakthrough leads to a new era for the life of this people. They step into stuff they've not experienced before as a group, as a collective community. Verses 29 to 30 says this. When the surrounding kingdoms got word that God had fought Israel's enemies, the fear of God descended on them. Jehoshaphat heard no more from them. How many like to hear no more from your enemies? Like, oh, fear gone, anxiety gone, insecurity gone. That's what we're talking about here. No more from them. As long as Jehoshaphat reigned, peace reigned. Two things happened for them that I believe God wants for us. I believe God is calling us into a new era, Kingsgate. Did you hear what Dave said a few weeks ago? He said, as we become 30 as a church family, we're being called into the mature ministry of Jesus himself. 
I believe as we're praying and fasting, as we're blessing, this is not just a really good season of prayer, even though it is a really good season of prayer. It's more than that. God is bringing us, yes, to individual places of breakthrough, but more than that, He's actually bringing us into a new era as a church. There's a new normal coming. There's a new season coming. What happened in Jesus' mature ministry? The presence of God was so compelling where Jesus was that people came in their hundreds and their thousands to hear him teach. How many of you want to come into a season in England in this day where hundreds and thousands of people are coming because Jesus is so present among us, you can't miss out on what he's doing. He's so good, he's so powerful, he's so wise. I believe that's what God's bringing us into. But even more than that, he says that their reputation spread wider. I do believe God is bringing us into a season where the reputation of Jesus, and I say Jesus deliberately, much more than Kingsgate, the reputation of the king is going to be known in our nation once more. Peace is going to reign on all sides because Jesus is being put central. And as Pete Gregg was saying last, last week, we are playing our part in a national move of prayer. That is greater than any movement that has ever been in the life of this nation. And I believe God is saying to us, believe for greater things than we have ever seen before. Not only on a personal level, but on a national level. And the call to me and you is, please don't miss out. Please don't stop praying and fasting. Go for it in these next two weeks and make it a habit and a lifestyle. If you've not got into it yet, get started. It's not too late to be involved in it. But be expectant for what God is going to do and for us to see more and more He do what only He can do. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank You that You are the Lord of the Breakthrough. And Father, just as the people of Judah and Jerusalem said, our eyes are on you, Father, our eyes are on you. Father, and we're praying that you would do what only you can do in us and through us. Father, I pray for individual breakthroughs. Father, I pray for amazing stories in these next few weeks of what you have done in our lives. But Father, I pray too in these next couple of weeks that we would hear your voice speaking we would respond with faith to what you, we are saying to us and we would have the courage to step out in obedience and that you would bring us, Father, into a new era, the mature ministry of Jesus himself. If you agree with that, why don't you say aloud, Amen.